Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Wisdom Western, the Humans of Western podcast. If you're new, welcome. This is a podcast where we dive deeper into the personal lives of students, staff, and faculty of Western University. Um, I want to welcome our guest today, Rachel McCauley. Rachel. Rachel is the Director of External Communications at Russia, right? Director of uh, Communications and External Relations at Russia. Yes. Yeah, we've been talking today about a variety of different things related to her education history, her job, and just, I guess, just whatever we end up going to. Um, yeah, if you want to give like a small, also, my co-host Rose again. Hey, everybody. Okay. Near perfect intro, I'd say. Um, yeah. You want to do a little introduction for yourself, Rachel? Sure. Um, my name is Rachel McCauley. Uh, first and foremost, I'm really thankful to be here. So thank you guys for inviting me. It's a great way to start off my Friday morning, despite the snow that I'm looking out at right now. Um, yeah, so I'm the Director of Communications and External Relations at Brescia, which is Western's all-women's affiliate. I've been here full-time since about July, and I started part-time in May when I was coming off my maternity leave. I love it here, and I'm also a very proud graduate of Western, so I'm really excited to chat today about my education and hopefully learn a little bit more about um, you and Rose as well. So thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, Rose, you want to start with the first yeah, couple of things? Yeah, so let's start with your Western history. So you mentioned that you're a Western alumni. Do you mind talking about um, perhaps what degree you took? And um, yeah. Uh, no, not at all. Um, so I went to Western from 2008 till 2013, technically. So I got my honor specialization in English literature. And without sounding cheesy, it was one of the best things I've ever done. I loved my degree, um, especially once I got through first year, kind of the first year jitters. And it's a little bit overwhelming when you go and you realize what a big difference it is from high school. Um, but once I really got to sit with my professors, get to know them, um, the quality of faculty at Western is really unparalleled. And an English literature degree is so much fun. Um, I think I read, I don't know, I would say safely say probably thousands of pieces of literature and you learn everything from modern literature. So something um, that we might be reading today casually or all the way back to Shakespeare, Middle English. And it really gives you an incredible breadth and depth of understanding of history, politics, and then obviously the nuances of literature. So um, you learn to be a great writer, a great presenter, and you also get that incredible piece of the humanities degree, which I think is more important than ever because it actually quite literally teaches you how to be a good human. It teaches you how to empathize with other people and um, just to really think critically and, and understand there are a lot of different worldviews out there um, that you should be open to. So I loved my degree. After I finished my four years specialization, I went on to continuing studies also at Western and I got my public relations diploma, which set me up to kind of transition from a student and more the academic lens into a professional. And I've carried forward that uh, career piece ever since. That's really cool. Um, how did you know you wanted to do that after your um, English degree? Um, so I think like many undergraduate students, I kind of had an idea of what my path was. Uh, but at the time when I was graduating, I had initially wanted to be a teacher and the um, competitive landscape for teaching was extreme. So I'm a pretty risk adverse person. And I thought, you know, if if teaching weren't to, to work out, what else could I do? And I can't remember if it was one of my professors or my classmates had said, well, you know, you're pretty loud. You like to talk a lot. You seem to like people. So um, but you also love writing in English. Have you ever thought about public relations? And I looked into it. And of course, immediately I'm thinking Samantha from Sex and the City. I'm like, that would be the life. Um, it's not quite like that. Um, but I was like, oh, that's so cool. I'll still get to write. I'll still get to tell stories. I'll get to communicate with a lot of people. And um, then I looked at the different organizations that had public relations, communications, marketing portfolios. And in London and the surrounding area, we have some really amazing employers and some incredible nonprofits. So there was a lot of opportunity there. Um, and yeah, I, I did my internship through my public relations diploma. So I got to kind of get my feet wet without fully committing 
one way or the other. And I absolutely loved it. So I was really happy to find something that aligned with my skill set, but also my personality and my passion. Because if you don't like your job, um, that's a really difficult thing to wake up to every single day and put your best foot forward. So public relations just kind of fed and um, I've been in all different industries ever since. So yeah, it's constantly just evolving and uh, learning new things to be better at my job. I actually have a question about that. So I'm in my last year, well, supposed to be my last year of university. And so as a science student, I find it really daunting to think about my future and the careers I want to do, because it seems like it's so limited. A lot of people think, oh, if you're in science, you should be going to like med school or whatever professional school there is. So I was wondering how you navigated um, the careers that you wanted to pursue after graduating. Um, because I am really scared about my future. Oh, don't be scared. That would be my first thing. Um, so anything I say today, I just want to give the caveat, this advice, let's put that very loosely. I'm not in any position to be giving everybody advice, but this is what worked for me. Um, I think you kind of got to try what works for you. Also, do I see the signature green cap of Sriracha behind you? Because I love Sriracha. That's amazing. Okay. (laughs) Um, so I would say some really good things to do is try and get work experience. And when I say work experience, I don't necessarily mean going in and getting a job. I think doing what you're doing, being on this podcast, um, going to events, doing networking, volunteering, that's all work experience. And something that's shifted since I graduated is just looking at all the experiences you have and being able to sell them. So I think before it was, you know, you have to have three to five years of work experience for an entry level job. And it's like, well, I'm not sure how anyone's going to have that when you also want us to have an undergraduate degree and, and, and. So um, just looking at the skills that you've developed in your particular science degree and seeing how they can translate into a number of different jobs. So um, just an example would be if you were interested in something like marketing, you know how to research, you know how to analyze large quantities of data and pull out meaningful information. That's what marketing is. Um, By writing lab reports, you know how to be a great writer, you know how to be concise and persuasive. So It's just kind of looking at that degree and seeing all the different skills and being willing to brag about yourself. I think that's something that young people hesitate to do. And, um, you know, research shows, especially women, women will not apply to a job even if they have 90 percent of the qualifications, whereas, you know, their counterparts will apply if they have 50 percent. So don't be afraid to put yourself out there. And certainly when um, you're looking at different career paths, go with the thing that sounds like it's going to pull you towards it. And also the organization. If you go to an interview and your gut's like, no, we're not having good flow, you're probably not going to be very happy there. And it's really important when you're starting out your career to have a good mentor, to have someone who wants you to be more successful as them. So they will link you with professional development. They'll give you different opportunities. Um, So just be open, be willing to brag about yourself and realize you really do have a lot to contribute. Like being on this podcast, you know, that's a really unique skill set that is would be amazing for any organization. So um, yeah, just go from there and networking. I, even to this day, I cold call people on LinkedIn all the time, shamelessly. I'm like, I see that you also read this book five years ago that I have now read. And I just like start the conversation. And do I always get responses? No. Do I always get the responses I want? Also no. But sometimes I really hit it out of the park and you connect with someone who can really help you to get somewhere. And then in turn, when you're in that position, you want to be and people are reaching out to you. You make sure that you pay it forward because that's how it's got to work. Thank you. Thank you for that. I think I didn't, I don't know if it's cold calling, but I had like a job interview that I was really excited about, but also like nervous about. And like, I don't have LinkedIn because I'm I don't want to say scared of LinkedIn, but I think that like it, it seems like a daunting place to be. Um, but my I friend had LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Yeah, LinkedIn. yeah, probably. It, it's it's a thing I'll do soon, eventually. Okay, um, my friend had LinkedIn, and we used her account to find somebody with the exact same job, 
And then they messaged her on Instagram. And it was a really good experience because, like, she just gave a lot of information about the job interview process and, like, how she enjoys the job. And it's, I think it's a really insightful thing to just use mm -hmm. LinkedIn as a platform to network and to gold messaging people can never have like a negative effect on you past response you're going to get so it's always yeah. a nice experience no that's great and I think if you can build a connection so Rose if you have something you're really passionate about whether it's your podcast or a particular thing you've studied if you reach out to that person and and pick something unique like really look into their pro uh, profile and if they say they have a dog or whatever then it's like Let's connect about that rather than it just being a very generic cold call that they can tell you copy and pasted from one person to another. So, um, yeah, we'll definitely keep in touch. What are you thinking about doing for your next step? Um, well, I'm staying another year at Western because I'm taking two majors. So one is an honor specialization in bio, and then I'm doing a major in ecosystem health. So I don't have um, all of my required courses done. So I need to add another year but after that everything's really up in the air so hopefully soon I'll get back to you and um I'll let you know well it sounds like a fantastic degree and that should have been another piece take your time I really went from school to internship to job and carried forward you don't like you know take your time and build the life that you want there's no rush like if you're making decisions whether they're small or big steps towards your eventual goal it's all going to be worthwhile so don't put too much pressure on yourself you're going to be okay thank you thank you that's really good advice i think like i i don't like thinking about the future that much uh, so i like tend to only think of like oh next year this is a kind of thing i want i think like I thought of what I want to do after graduation, but only only one specific thing. And that's probably not a great idea because if I don't get that thing, I'll be like, oh God, that's, that's everything I had. Um, and I think that like, it's easier to, for me to like live in right now and like have the future be tomorrow and the future be like three years from now when I have to do something entirely else because I'm not going to be me in three years exactly. Yeah. So um Hopefully, I just keep making tomorrow a better um, per version of me until I decide know what I am for the future. That's perfect. And, you know, when you're doing that by doing things that feel right and feel authentic to who you are, that's a really great way to build a foundation for a future. And yeah, the future can be next week. It doesn't have to be this looming thing. It's I always, you know, you always hear like, I'm going to go and find myself. And I, one of my favorite professors at Western, um, Professor Allison Conway, she used to talk about that concept. There, there's no finding yourself. You're already here. And uh, so what you're doing is you're building yourself every day with every experience. And whether that's, you know, an amazing trip with your friends or volunteering or whatever, like there's no external you, you are who you are and everything that you do builds towards that. And just don't make yourself small. Like that's one thing I think we'll chat probably about my freelance writing. There's a, London, Ontario is yay big. Canada is beautiful, but it's also one part of the world. Like you can go and work somewhere else. It's not that unrealistic. We live in a digital ecosystem. So definitely go elsewhere and get on your Duolingo, work on a second language, go meet other people, do some freelance, do some consulting, whatever, but explore the world, meet new people. And like that is experience you can put on your resume, even if it's just something that you've chosen to do as like self-guided enjoyment. Yeah, good segue into your freelance writing. Um, <laughs> but first that, um, before that, I guess I wanted to talk more about like what your career history has been since your public business diploma. Great. Um, so yeah, as I mentioned, I started with an internship. So I started um, at Pillar Nonprofit Network in London, where I had a phenomenal leader. Um, she just really taught me a lot about what um, the nonprofit sector looked like, how it can function better. And I got to meet a lot of different organizations so that are doing amazing things in London. And I would say that was really important for me because I grew up in London, Ontario. I went from one school to the next. You know, I hung out with 
very similar people for a lot of my life. And I think um, I should have done more in terms of getting out in the community. But once I was at Pillar, I saw the world from so many different perspectives. I saw the need, the drastic need for people to come together to make the world a safer, more sustainable and equitable place. So that really set the tone for my career because it showed me like profit isn't the only thing. Like you need to be proud to wake up every day to do what you want to do for work. So um, that's why I was very happy to land in the university landscape, because I think it's a beautiful balance between sort of like a business mindset, but you're also doing something good for the world and better still you're empowering, or you're supposed to be empowering uh, young people who will do a lot of amazing things. So it's kind of that ripple effect. So I went from pillar and then I worked at children's health foundation so that's the fundraising arm for Children's Hospital, Thames Valley Children's Center, and CHRI. So it funds all the different elements of care for um, pediatrics, which was incredible. I loved that. And at nonprofits, um, I would highly recommend them to people who are just graduated because you have a small team, so you wear a lot of hats. So I was doing, I was interacting with media, at, you know, when I was 21 years old, I was um, doing all the social media, I was writing proposals for fundraising, and in a big organization, you're likely to be a little bit more specialized, which when you're trying to figure out what you, you're really passionate about, it doesn't give you quite as much opportunity. So working at Children's was fantastic, and not to mention the story element. Like I met kids who are far braver than I will ever be and mums and dads and the things that they've gone through were just so eye-opening for me because I mean, back then I would stub my toe and it would be like, wow, this day is basically over for me. And then I meet these people who are to say fighting up a hill battle would be a violent understatement. They were going through unimaginable things and they were so compassionate and always caring about other people so again it just sort of reiterated to me like you have to step outside yourself you have to look through other people's lenses and do something that's going to benefit not just yourself so from there I went and I worked at Canada Life for a very short one-year contract which was great because Canada Life is a huge organization. The marketing communications function is very complicated. So you do um, a lot of specialized work. And I got to see what a true corporation functioned like. It's a very um, fast paced place, which I also loved because people were really expected to deliver on a high level of work. And that's great when you're still kind of honing your skills to be held accountable by people who are more senior than you to say like, this is good, but you could do it better this way. So that was fantastic. And then I landed at Huron. So um, the other affiliate of Western and I worked there for about five years. Again, absolutely amazing. I started at Huron um, when they were in a position where they really needed to grow. And I was on a two-person team and um, alongside the recruitment and advancement and the phenomenal president, uh, Dr. Barry Craig, we really helped Huron um, get its name out on the international map and experience the uh, substantial growth that it's still um, benefiting from today. So that was a real highlight. Like, um, it was just incredible. And I always, when I was in the university environment, I was like, I'm staying here forever. Um, and then when I was on maternity leave, actually, um, one of my previous leaders sent me the job at Brescia. And I was like, I'm getting that job. <laughs> um, it was my dream job, like to have the uh, feminist perspective combined with what I love to do, marketing, communications, storytelling. It was a dream job. And um, just further to what we've talked about, about being uncertain of your future, uh, to be quite transparent, I actually applied for the exact same job three years before, and I didn't even get an interview. So I'm like, that shows how much growth you can have, how much things can change and shift. And I'm here and I love it. It's just an amazing place to work. I feel inspired um, every day that I come. So uh, yeah, it, I think my career trajectory shows like lots of different changes, lots of evolutions, but nowadays that's what a career path looks like. So, you know, just go easy on yourself and go where it feels like you're going to develop into a better person, better professional. Mm -hmm. really? Sorry, that was a lot. I just talked no. a lot. 
that is so fair. That's so fair. Long, long history you have. And I think that's just really powerful also that you were able to go through so many different changes in your life and like make new, learn new things and get new perspectives each time and like keep growing as a person until you are here where you are now. Um, I, I want to ask like questions about each of the individual jobs and stuff, but you also did not mention your freelance writing company. Oh, yes. Sorry. I apologize. Yes. Yeah, so freelancing. Um, uh, I started freelancing in a small capacity um, just a couple years after I did my internship. So very early on like 2015 probably, but it was just not something I did purposefully. It was kind of, um, I had worked with a company and then I moved on and then they're like, well, can we keep you on in a freelance capacity? And I'd never even freelancing, never even entered the realm of my idea. I never thought I was like freelance, you know, capacity. I thought that was like something people did after they had a long and lustrous career and then maybe did while they were retired. But then, you know, I worked for one person and then somebody might ask me to work on their website. And then that person would let someone else know that I'd done that writing. And then eventually, um, about three or so years ago, I had such a big portfolio of clients, I had to incorporate. So I named my company, and this is probably not going to make a lot of uh, sense, but I called it Spice Kitchen Communications. So my best friend, um, she's British, and she also helps design houses. So um, in England, it's very popular to have something called a Spice Kitchen. And so that's where you prep all your food and you make everything messy. And then you have your like presentation kitchen where you lay everything out and pretend like you didn't just, you know, cause a complete explosion in the spice kitchen. So I picked spice kitchen communications because I was like, I'll do all the messy work. I'll do all the, you know, uh, hard writing and everything. And then I'll make you look good. So I incorporated my business a few years ago. And um, yeah, I've done everything for that. So I've done, I've worked with uh, nonprofits a lot just because um, a big chunk of my experience is from that. So that would be anything writing like direct mail solicitations, asking for money, website content is huge, blog content is really big too. Um, so yeah, I just sort of built a lot on word of mouth. And then I did start when I wanted to really build my business, uh, cold calling people. Um, I was pretty out there in my cold calling, I would say, like if I read a website and found a lot of mistakes or found ways I could enhance the writing, I would like send a PDF of the page and be like, here's how I can make this better. Um, so yeah, you just kind of have to believe in yourself and again, get over that idea of, oh, I can't do that because trust me, I've both worked with a lot of freelancers, hired them and been one myself. And there's very vast varying degrees of skill sets and specializations. And I mean, even Rose, if you're looking, there's lots of websites that um, focus on medicine, that focus on science, and they don't just want a great writer. They want someone who understands the lingo and can relay it to a lay audience. So there's just so much opportunity there. And I loved it. Get to do something new, not just every day, but with every ask that comes through so it's a really good way to um learn a million new things are you still continuing your business currently uh so my job at uh, Brescia is pretty fulsome um I don't have a ton of extra time and I also had a baby uh about, about a year and a half ago so uh baby plus Brescia doesn't equal a lot of free time, but definitely some of my clients that I've had for now, you know, eight plus years, certainly if they need support with something, I definitely will um, help them. I've also, uh, for some clients that are newer, I will refer them to other freelance writers who are starting out. Because as I said, you have to pay it forward. People help me build my business. So I'm happy to do that. Um, but it'll definitely just depend on the project, depend on my workload. I just need to make sure it's not kind of overstepping on anything that I'm doing at Russia. Uh, but yeah, like I, I certainly will still do things. I, you know, have my cousin, she needs me to rewrite her website. Of course, like I'm going to help with that. Or if something really interesting comes along, I'm waiting for a famous person to ask me to write their book. So if anyone knows anyone, please send them my way. Yeah, the podcast will go up. I'm sure someone will find it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, perfect. Yeah. That's great. Is that all you wanted to know kind of about my freelance capacity? If there's any other specific questions, just let me know. Um, mm -hmm. I think like 
I think it's, it's interesting to like place it amongst the other jobs you've had because there's like so many different things that you went through. Um, like, were you balancing that while working at Children's Hospital as well and while doing the your Huron job as well? Yeah, I did. And I mean, sometimes freelance writing, if you want to get into it, I would really suggest you have to set boundaries. Um, it's easy to say yes to every single job and to commit to these outlandish turnaround times. Um, but it's not good for you. Like there was many weeks when I was working like 80 plus hours a week, um, which is fine for short periods of time, but not really sustainable if you want to be doing it for the long term. So if you want to go into freelance writing for anyone that might be listening, who's thinking of how to make a little extra money or how to, as I said, you know, travel around the world and still uh, have an income. Definitely when you're speaking with clients, know that you also hold some power. They're coming to you. They're asking for something from you because you have a particular skill set. Um, it's a little less intimidating to do as you become more senior, but even at the outset, if a client sends you a project and sets a turnaround date of two days or even less than like a business week, if you want to say yes, like know that you can charge extra for that. That's like a speed turnaround time or just as easily say, you know what, I already have the several projects on the go. I would absolutely love to tackle this for you, but I'm going to need a few extra days. And very rarely, if ever, did I ever have a client say, no, we're going to move on to someone else then. Because a lot of the time they have someone on the other end asking for something and it's just a conversation. Like I can commit to doing a much better job giving this my heart and soul if you just give me an extra few days. And then you have that comfort for yourself to know that you're doing the best work that you can and you're also not overwhelmed. So certainly with freelancing, yeah, just balance it and and be open, be transparent with your clients um, because that's a good way to avoid having any sense of resentment. So if you send something away to a client, what's that going to look like for you? Are you going to include one round of edits? Are you going to be able to turn it around a certain period of time? What's that going to cost you in terms of time and human power? And those are all things that it's great to maybe talk to somebody who's had the same career to ask what's comfortable. Because if you Google, like, what's the average rate of a freelancer, the shenanigans that come up are endless. So you want to make sure you're under, you're not underselling yourself. And um, I didn't always do a great job of that. So sometimes when I was already working 40, 45 hours a week at my day job, we'll call it, um, then I would say yes to like these crazy turnaround times. And I'd be writing thousands and thousands of words in a five day period. And that's just, yeah, I, I would caution against that. But for anyone who's really um, extra determined, maybe that will work for them. But don't be afraid to advocate for yourself would be uh, my kind of idea behind the freelancing career. It's certainly a great direction for anyone who might be wanting to freelance or start that kind of um, career path at the moment. Um, yeah. Uh, I want to go like back and forward. I want to like keep asking about freelancing, but I also want to like touch on the jobs you've worked on in the past. Um, just going like one step back, how do you, do you think working at the two different affiliates? Well, there's three, but like working at both here at and Brescia is like different. And how do you think that like you've enjoyed or like the difference you've seen between the two different communities? Great, that's a great question. Um. Well, I think just the affiliate piece generally is amazing. Um, it's such a huge benefit to students. I didn't even really realize how uh, different the experience is, but the fact that when you're an affiliate, you get to graduate with a Western degree and you also get to take courses across all four campuses, I would say that's extremely unique across the Canadian undergraduate landscape. And it really lets students have uh, the best of both worlds experience. So you have your home base at, uh, you know, Russia, the affiliate, um, but then you get to go over to Western, engage with all the clubs, go to all the amazing events and um, really be able to pick and choose and, and customize what you want your program, your majors uh, to look like. So baseline the affiliates, what they offer with their smaller class sizes at Russia, our class size averages about 25 
even in first year, we're looking at around 40 students. So to have that experience when you're just coming from high school, it's going to be a lot more similar rather than walking into a classroom where there might be 500 students. So I love that piece of the um, affiliate community that you get that personalized care. In terms of the differences between Huron and Brescia, I think generally we offer quite similar courses and programs. There would be some distinctions, like I know Huron has their amazing governance, leadership and ethics um, school or faculty. I'm not sure exactly what it's called now. And then Brescia has the foods and nutrition arm. So Brescia's foods and nutrition uh, program is unique, I would say, across Canada, not just within the affiliate campus come over here for a tour sometime, I'll take you around, you can see the food labs that we have. So that's really amazing, because it combines people's love of like actual like food flavors and everything, but also the science behind it. And it's a very like tactile hands on learning experience, which um, is again, unique to the affiliate community. Um, in terms of differences, again, the all women's piece is so uh, substantial and, and so amazing. So at Huron, of course, it's a co-ed environment. And at Brescia, you have the all women's space. So uh, boys, men, male identifying students do take classes here. But in order to be a registered um, Brescia student, you would be a uh, female, a woman, female identifying um or a gender fluid student. Um, so it really creates this like incredible, tight knit, safe community. One of the biggest parts of my job is I interview students all the time. Like I wrote, it's right behind me, our view book, um, which is our recruitment piece. That was my first project. And I interviewed 35 students just to like find out what is great about Russia, what's unique about it. And time and time again, the students I spoke to said, when I come here, I don't feel afraid to raise my hand. I feel like people actually care about what I'm saying and I'm never embarrassed to say the wrong thing or to like share about my life in, in really deep and authentic ways. I think that's unique to Brescia, not just from Huron, but to any university in Canada because we are Canada's only women's university. And so that would be really the distinguishing piece of Brescia. Um, I mean, Brush in here and share, great small class sizes, incredible programs, amazing faculty. Um, but to see the way that we empower women here and we make specific programs, specific services that support women and, and not just as students, but we really support the whole individual and help our graduates become successful in their careers. Uh, so that's kind of the big, the big difference would be that um, all women's piece and, and just those very specific nuanced supports that we uh, we provide here. Mm -hmm. So yeah, are you guys both you're both Western like main campus students? Yeah. Yes, yes both Western. How have you had? Western how have you enjoyed your experiences? Um, I think I've definitely had to go through that, like from like small class in high school to like huge university classrooms. Um, I think it was a bit different. I think my first year was the pandemic year, so like everything was online. Um, but then my second year, I had like, like still had like huge classes like genetics and like cell bio, which are both online. I don't know why I said those examples, but I had like biochem, uh, which is like a really really big class, and like microimmunology as well, which is also a really big class. And like going in, I think definitely still like feeling like oh, I just like generate my hands. I might not have like the smartest thing to say. It's definitely like a big piece of like how comfortable I felt during my first semester on campus. Um, my specialization right now is epidemiology and biostatistics. And cool. it's, I, I hate it. it's such a long name, a long name to say. Um, but that's a really small module on in the medical sciences um, program. And um, there's like less than 20 people in my cohort for this year for the program, for the module. Um, and I think that creates a more open environment where like it's smaller so you feel like you can like say things and like you can like talk to people about without like wearing like oh I'm like far behind them where this where this person might be and like I shouldn't say, like say anything to them because like I don't want to like seem like I'm bothering them or asking them too much and like even the professors are very nice and they're very like um open to different kinds of discussions and to try to just generally be really encouraging um I think I really enjoy it right now for what it is.
Good. That's great. And what about you, Rose? Yeah. So I, I started before COVID hit. So the year COVID hit, that was my first year. So in 2019. And so when I went into my first class, it was like an 830 calc class. And it was like a sea of just like students. And I was um, quite intimidated only because one, I wasn't really good at calculus. And two, I felt like um, the students, I, I felt like they were really competitive. I felt like they were smarter than me and all of these things. And I also felt like I was just a number for the professor because the professor obviously didn't know my name. And so the overall first year experience was really tough for me because of that. And also I'm not from London. So I, I didn't know anyone from my high school or the students that did go to Western. I wasn't close with them. So I was like alone. I had to like navigate making friends and it was just scary in that way. But after being here for four years, I really enjoy it. And in um, as you go older, um, the class sizes are much smaller to like the 500 yes. student count. So I really like that. And just like how Emmanuel said, like his classes were really small. I have a seminar class that we're only, I think, like 16 students. So it's really comfortable to say what we, um, what we're thinking and to kind of um, when a prof is saying something and you're questioning why they're thinking all of these things, it's just really easy to do that. And something that I really like about Brusha is that how it's like smaller classes. So I wish when I was in first year, I wish our classes were just a lot more smaller so that it wasn't as intimidating and we could have like a relationship with the prof and to really get to know them. And so that's one thing I wish they could change in just like the university Mm -hmm. system. Well, and I think, I mean, both of you just touching on the COVID piece, uh, kudos to you guys for making it through that. I mean, we, I was already in my career, I was working at Huron, so that was completely um, different. But for you guys to make it through university and to still be succeeding and involved and, and energized is so phenomenal. I think about the students who missed out on two years of high school or two years of university. And what and not just to miss out but that isolation piece I think that really affected a lot of people so deeply and and I kind of hear oh COVID's over but it's still we have those ramifications that um you know as a university and and as a community generally and just as individuals we need to recognize that uh, we really did miss out on that connection piece and so for you to say like I love being in a classroom where I have conversation I think your generation and all those people who are affected by COVID are really seeking that as well because being behind a screen and trying to learn complex material or as I touched on the humanities, trying to develop that empathy muscle and that sort of like EDID perspective when you can't really genuinely engage with people, it's so challenging. So I think it's remarkable that our students have carried themselves forward and had that um, self-agency and resilience because I don't know if I could have done it. So in of itself, if you're looking for your experiences to move you forward in your career, like pulling from that and everything that it COVID demanded of um, you, I, I think that's really something that's remarkable and something that's kind of gets brushed aside. But for students in high school and university, it's really incredible that you, you're still successfully cre- um, completing your degree. So you should feel really proud about that. Mm-hmm. I think um, to go back to like big class sizes, one of the first things I had to get used to a lot, um, and I think it was biochem the first time, um, class of like more than 500 people. And like just every like other sentence professor saying an absolute like wave of keyboard typing sounds that always, that always just like sent me for like a, a whirlwind. I was like, I don't, I don't even know what everyone's writing. Everyone's saying like, I'm just typing right now. It's, it's so weird. Um, yeah. I think big class sizes and like adjusting to university from high school has definitely been 
really interesting um path i think like it's one that everyone goes through but i think um through covid and like out of covid and out and just managing how we develop across time is really just an interesting thing to watch mm -hmm. absolutely yeah i remember the keyboard typing and i'm like why am i not writing down what do you guys what did you guys yeah, hear that i didn't hear but that's a skill learning how to take notes even that is something that is so important. And um, I actually didn't use a laptop for the vast majority of my classes. We weren't um, supposed to bring laptops and I always hand wrote all my notes. I know that we're moving away from cursive, but if I could give any like old timer advice, it would be to bring back the cursive and try and handwrite your notes. Um, it's really good for your brain. It helps you memorize things a lot easier. And it stops what you're talking about, where people are writing down every single thing that's being said, because it's physically impossible when you're doing it by hand. So um, that is my like grandmotherly advice of bring back the cursive writing and, and use that and handwrite notes instead of bringing a laptop to class. Yeah, I think a lot of students now are like using tablets or iPads, using mm -hmm. their Apple Pencil to electronically write instead of like a physical paper and pen <laughs> it's a good idea though at least you have a copy then in case you spill a coffee on your notes or something like yeah. that mm -hmm. yeah yeah i'm not sure if that's the best time for our segment thing um maybe okay. that's we'll, we'll do it now anyway okay, um i'm anxious we find um across our separate lives that um the liberal arts degrees tend to get a bad rep people often you think you mentioned when we were talking earlier that like English degree is listed as like one of the most useless degrees on like whatever yeah, study you said. Yeah, it's LinkedIn study. Um, and I know you're very passionate about that, having English to yourself. Um, and so we thought that it'd be fun if we gave you a 60 second timer and had you list as many things as you could, uh, you could do with an English degree. Ooh, okay. Like specific careers or like skills or what are you? Have fun with that. I'm not okay. that great direction. So you you can figure it out and I will pull up a timer and it'll be fine. Um, okay. You can use this time to figure that out right now as I okay. try to set up a timer. All my timers are studying related. I'm going to make a new one. Do you want me uh, to do it? Sure. Do you want to share your okay. screen when you're doing that as well? Oh, I was gonna know on my phone. That that also works. That also works. Okay, one minute you said, right? Okay, yeah, one minute. I like need to think about all the careers there are in the world. I'm like <laughs> doctor, teacher, lawyer. Like <laughs> my own career isn't even covered. Um, okay. All I right, will I'll do a countdown. Okay. Three, two, one. Yeah. Go. Teacher, professor, public relations specialist, marketing person, CEO, entrepreneur. Um, oh my goodness, lawyer, I think I said anything in law, law clerk, um, a judge in, you could be a doctor, certainly a psychiatrist would be a perfect fit, um, anything in nonprofit. So whether you wanted to run a nonprofit as, or as an executive director, or you wanted to be a philanthropist, so that would be something like a proposal writer, or you wanted to engage with people in terms of advancement and raising funds. Um, as I said, marketing, any arm under marketing, whether you want to be a digital marketer, whether you want to be a traditional print advertiser, um, you could go into design taglines um what else could you do uh you could be um anything in healthcare i think would be really important you could be a dad data specialist that um helps build out different systems to enhance them to align with people's needs um you could be uh, an interior designer oh and that's time <laughs> I know I did okay. i'm like what careers are there are there any jobs <laughs> Yeah, I think I those are all so many great things. Sales definitely would be such a great thing because you learn how to sell. Uh, writer, I didn't even say a novelist. You could be a blogger. I could go on, but um, yeah. yeah, apparently I can't remember careers that exist. That's so mm -hmm. fair. I think it's hard to do that when you're called on the spot. But I think, yeah, that's just, I think, an important thing to get out there that like no degree is actually useless. I think uh, you can do anything you want with an English degree and you can go like as far as the world takes you on just whatever you have well definitely and I think 
today, nowadays, if we look at the number of people who are getting graduate degrees, your undergraduate degree sets up the types of skills you have. It, it doesn't necessarily, you're not going to go from your undergraduate degree right into a career, usually. Um, like for me, I went to Western Continuing Studies and got a diploma. You can also look at the grad school option. Um, you could do a co-op. Like there's really a lot of great ways to make your career work so you're getting a dual degree right rose is that what you said you're getting a double major so you can look at um Brescia, we're trying to build on our uh, partnership with Ivy and hopefully looking at um, growing the breadth and depth of the dual degree offerings. So then you can pursue your passion, say like me, you love poetry, you love English, you love writing, and then you could get a dual degree with an institution like Ivy. So you have that business component and then you have the English component. Um, and I think that with the affiliate community and, and going to Western um proper would be like there are so many programs you can specialize in like 18th century um Japanese literature like you can rip because there's so many incredible professors there you can find if you love it you can find it on western syllabi so um look at that and then get a, a dual degree, do a double major. And already you have like an incredible skill set that is just so far ranging and, and bigger knowledge. So yeah, definitely don't silo yourself and, and applying to grad school an English degree is like the perfect thing. Cause you know, you're going to have a hot fire portfolio because your essay is going to really be amazing. So um, yeah. And, and that small classroom piece that we've chatted about, if you know your professor, you're trying to get a job, you're trying to um, get into a research study or go to graduate school, having a professor who's taught you all four years, knows you all four years. Some of the reference letters that I've read for students are beyond. They're so personalized. They talk about, you know, student A from first year and I taught them through to fourth year. Here's how they've grown. Here's what they've contributed. To have that is just so helpful and, and can really help take your career in all different directions. So yes, I hope I did the English degree justice because I love it so much. Yeah, I think you definitely did. Thank you. Another question that was tough in mind that I think it fell out by accident. Oh boy. Oh, um, okay. Yes. With your path and where it's taking right now, do you think this is anything like in the upcoming future that you're trying to make happen and like whether that be in your career currently or like what future you want to see soon okay uh, yeah. I will just aim really big that's you know um I definitely want I see myself at Brescia for the long term um I so I'd love to have my uh, portfolio here I'd love for it to grow um the so I have director of marketing communications external relations talk about long titles um, mm -hmm. and I love the external relations piece so much um, I like building bridges between organizations and individuals so I'd love over time to see how I can really grow that portfolio and I'd like to do it in a way that does um, an authentic service to um, our strategic initiatives that focus a lot on equity, um, diversity, inclusion, and decolonization. I'd love to see what other organizations are doing really meaningful things for um, the various communities that we want to um, be more inclusive of and really serve in an authentic way. So um, I hope that that's something that I can do more of in the future. Um, and so, yeah, I hope to be at Brescia and maybe grow my portfolio um, here would be great. And then in terms of my freelance, I'd really love to support other freelance writers who are looking to establish themselves or grow their client list. So um, if anyone can find me on LinkedIn, if you're looking to do something like that, I would be happy to provide I don't know, tips sounds like I know what I'm doing, but we'll go with tips or connections or anything like that. Um, and same with uh, people who are interested in getting into communications or marketing or um, whatever it may be. I go to high schools um, and talk to classes about the value of a liberal arts degree, but always I'm happy to help 
students, new grads in their careers. We hire a lot of work study students at Brescia. We hire a lot of new grads. And I do that purposefully because again, it's about your attitude. It's about the enthusiasm you bring through the door rather than if you have um, a huge extensive work experience portfolio. Um, so certainly that's something I wanna do more of. I, I think it would be a little bold to say I want to mentor people. I feel like I'm not sure if I'm quite there, but if anyone thought that my ideas or help would be useful, I certainly would love to do more of that as I um, get more mature in my career. So I think just taking what I'm doing now and trying to leave the world a little bit better than I found it, if I can do that in any way, shape or form, which will most likely look at empowering other people to do that. Um, that's what I'd really like to do more of. Um, our world really needs it. I, you know, you look on the news and having a little girl at home and being like, is this the best we can do? Like treating each other like this and, and treating our planet like this. I don't think so. I think we can do a lot better. And if there's any small thing that I can try and contribute, I will be humbled and happy to do so. Fantastic answer. Thank you. Well, and I hope you guys will let me know what you get up to and if there's ever anything I can do to support you. Um, it's amazing that you're doing this podcast. I'm sure it takes a lot of work and for you to hop on first thing this morning and to chat with me, it really means a lot. It's really exciting. I um, am definitely not far gone enough in my career that I don't think this is really cool. I was like telling everybody, I'm like, I'm going on a podcast. I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> So um told my daughter, she was doesn't know what a podcast is, but one day we talked about this. She's hopefully gonna listen and probably be embarrassed saying, Mom, you talk too much, which that's you can shout her out right now if you wanted to. Yeah. Lillian, yes, Lillian, my pride and joy. She's the, you know, she I think you always want to do better in the world, but once you uh have a kid and it's like so in 25 years, what have I set you up for? Like, what's the world going to look like? And I'm particularly sensitive to the fact that she's a girl and, you know, I want her right now, like Fortune 500 companies, Fortune magazine just celebrated for the first time ever, 10% of Fortune 500 CEOs are women, 10%. We are 49.8% of the population. How does that representation make sense when we know how capable and, and incredible women are? So even that one small thing, it's like, we've got to shift that needle. Before I retire, we're seeing that amount increase, I hope. Um, and there's so many other things, just making the world a more caring and, and loving and safer place for everybody. So they all have the opportunity to go to an amazing university like Western or Russia, and that they have the opportunities that should be equal for everybody, not um, in alignment with like socioeconomic circumstance. So those are all the things I hope to do. Um, probably a lot to bite off, but I will do my best. Yeah. Like you'll be able to do everything you want. Oh, well, thank you. Um, I feel the same about you guys. I think I was not that over, I was not overly involved in, in university. I went to the library for far too long, went home and that was my routine. So for you guys to put yourselves out there and to be managing this, it's, you know, just another thing you can add to your portfolio and your experiences. And I hope you get, I'm sure you get to meet a lot of cool people, which never hurts. Um, yeah. not myself included just to, to be clear but um yeah so does that answer your question about what I hope my future self will be up to yeah, certainly mm -hmm. does plenty yeah okay perfect well thank you and um for your guys next steps like what if you if we don't put a timeline on it do you have like a big dream that you're hoping to realize one day I don't. Well, that's all right. <laughs> I, I don't, but I think vaguely, I just want to be one financially stable yeah. and um, have be be happy in the future. That's perfect. I think, I think yeah. that's what I'm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think financial stability is definitely definitely in the goals. Definitely not the top thing I want. Um, I want to be able to work in healthcare in a way that like makes me comfortable. I think um I I think I used to have this like 
not unhealthy per se, but I had the perspective of like, oh, being a doctor would be like all these things. I don't know if I want that, but like that I also want to work in healthcare. And I think um I realized that there's like definitely more that I can do in healthcare than just be a doctor. And um I want to be able to get there and make it my own and make whatever I'm doing a comfortable and fun space and well help people in health. Um yeah. That's great. Well, I, I mean, it's to say that you want to be financially stable and happy, like that's a great goal. And, you know, what, however you achieve it, it's, that's a good goal to have and to keep with you, right? Like then when you're making those little decisions, it's like, is this going to take me closer to being happy and comfortable? Or is it, you know, taking me in a direction that I'm not comfortable with? And I think to have those kind of guiders on and same with your values, like, when you're young, you can get jostled around a lot, but what are the things you're not willing to sacrifice and have those kind of questions in the back of your mind when you're interviewing with an organization or when you're seeing like those salary dollar signs flashing in your eyes, just, you know, if am I going to feel good at the end of this day? And that's something that's really important and hard to do. It's hard to, um, in, in a lot of industries, we're seeing, you know, these CEOs who are it comes out that blank has happened or like a board was doing X because they wanted to put profit above everything else. So it's really hard, I think. And we're so hard on people nowadays, like which you want to hold people accountable. But I also like would just love to see people knowing like life is difficult for for a lot of people and everyone may not show up and be their very best every day. But I think if you can pick maybe three, five values that you're not willing to shake, that's a really good kind of starting foundation to have. And in terms of the finances, I don't think anyone knows is born knowing how to deal with finances. And like, there's a lot of courses. I think I know Western puts on workshops and um, you can easily do something with your bank just to like learn how to invest. I certainly had no idea. Didn't know anything about real estate. I kind of showed up and I was like, that house looks nice or like that rent seems reasonable, but like to know how to invest and save and everything, that's a fundamental skill that we should have all been taught in high school or somewhere along the way. Um, but certainly having a little bit of knowledge in that sphere will help. And that's coming from someone who has no knowledge in that sphere. So if you learn about financial savviness, please um, connect me with whichever resource that you're using. Okay, will do. <laughs> Yes. Okay. Well, it has been lovely to talk to you. Um, I really appreciate we both really appreciate you coming out, taking time in the morning to talk to us. And yeah, do you have any last words you want to share? I feel like I spoke too much, so not really. No. I just want to thank you guys both very much for having me. I um really like getting to talk about Russia and hopefully. If anything, anyone takes away from this, it's just to take it easy on yourself, take your time, really try and be kind and like not just to other people, but to yourself, because, yeah, you know, we're all still healing from something really big that happened and life is up and down and ebbs and flows and you'll get there. So that is really all my big piece of advice that I I wish I would have known when I was younger. It's you're going to make really bad mistakes and hopefully you surround yourself with people who are going to help you to come back from them and to learn from them and, and create a life that you can be proud of. So um, yeah, I wish that for, you know, all of us that we can, we can live a great life because if each individual is happy in what they're doing, it's going to make the world a happier place, right? Happy people exude that and they share it with other people. So I think that's really important to take care of yourself and then you can take care of other people. Mm -hmm. yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Mm -hmm. um, Thank you. If people Let me know when you work on your LinkedIn. Oh. We'll work on it together because I need you guys both to have your LinkedIn. That's important. So you just I shoot me an email. <laughs> I have one, but it's not like perfected yet. Okay. It's yeah. a, it's a journey, but yes, I, uh, Emmanuel, I look forward to seeing your LinkedIn. So please connect with me and 
Um, we can write you a really cool bio. That's how I'll say thank you for you guys having me on your podcast. I'll, I'll write you a LinkedIn bio. <laughs> well, I look forward to it. Thank you so much. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you very much for having me and just let me know what the next steps are and if you need anything else from me. Yeah, we'll do, of course. Um, okay. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Have a great rest of your day. Yes, you too. Have a very happy Friday. Happy Friday. Bye. Okay. Bye. Hi again. Thank you for listening to the Voices of Western podcast. We've been your hosts, Rose and Emmanuel. Feel free to follow the Humans of Western Instagram account at West at humans underscore Western on TikTok, Humans of Western, as well as our YouTube channel, Humans of Western. Yeah. For more of our podcasts, check out Voices of Western on all podcast platforms. Thanks for listening and have a great day.